Wow. Wow. You know, I, I, I've been preparing all week for this message, and um, I, I don't know. I was thinking if, if, um, if I had a title, probably I could call all these messages I've been preaching from the, from the beginning of the year, Back on Track. Probably could have been a, the title of this series is Back on Track, because God has been giving me standalone messages for the church of what we've gone through and how we've had to deal with what we've experienced as a church. And, and I, I speak to people, and I talk to people, and, and we hear this little thing, you know. Um, yeah, we, we've gone through it, and it's kind of like we, we try to avoid things. You ever do that? It's kind of like you try not to talk about it. It's there, but you don't want to talk about it, but you know it's there. But you still don't want to talk about it. You kind of ignore it, whatever that it is. And one of them is this. It's like, it's like, you know, we've gone through all of this and, and, and we're, we're now coming back into the body of Christ and things are starting to roll a lot better, but yet you still feel that feeling of it's just still not quite right yet. You ever get that feeling? We're still just not all back the way we need to be yet. And, and we're going to talk about why that happens and, and where we're at and identify what really took place um, last week, again, I shared about that um, finding God's purpose for our life. And today we're going to talk about choosing the right relationships because I'm going to talk just a second about the little C. The big C is Jesus. We're gonna li- he's always going to be the big C. But there's a little C, and that was that sickness that we dealt with, you know. And um, I'm, I don't want to even talk about, talk about the name. I just want to give that any glory. But a sickness is a sickness. It's like, and, and, and here's how you identify if it was a spiritual warfare or not. And you identify it by this, by if you went, we went through Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners, you know, did we have any, any discussions and arguments or disagreements about the flu? Do we have any disagreements or arguments about pneumonia or anything like that? Or, 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 but you talk about the little C. And the little C, we've noticed, is divided even homes, in opinions, and what people think. And what I realize is, is a sickness is a sickness. You have to take that serious. But yet we also have to realize, I truly believe with all my heart, I'm 10,000% positive, the enemy brought on and used this as a spiritual attack to divide the body of Christ, Amen. to divide homes. If you can't see that, Trust me, you got to put your glasses on and wipe them off because it, it was a spiritual thing. We can't, we, it's real, but you got to realize with this realness was a spirit that was brought with it. And the enemy tries to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's his purpose. And what happened is, is we found that, that many believers fell for the bait. And, and, and they got caught up in the spiritual battle and they, and they did exactly what the enemy set out to do, is to divide homes, divide churches. And, and, and now it's like we're just still not back because that, that, that spirit is there, there. And we have to attack the spirit. We have to say no more in Jesus' name. God is a spirit of unity. God is a spirit of love. God is a spirit of family, and the enemy knows that if he can tear it apart, then he's going to get that battle. 
And so we've got to focus on, if we can understand what's going on in the spiritual, remember that, spiritual warfare, then we can understand how to fix the physical stuff. And that's what we're trying to do. We're going to try to get back on track. And we're going to talk about this right here because we're going to talk about what I believe is one of the most important things as a body of Christ. And why, why was it that the church went crazy whenever, whenever we, we, we couldn't gather together? I'm going to show you the reason why. Because God created us for relationships. And, and, and it's one of the most important things that we can do. Other than loving God, it, that is the most important. But, but, but our relationships is one of the most important decisions that we can make. It's staying together as a body of Christ. Because our relationships define who we are. Show me your friends, and I'm going to show you a good, clear picture of your future because our friends define us, who we hang around with, who we are with. But here's the problem. The problem is when we went through this, there, there's been a lot of people, and even before this, people have gotten hurt in relationships before. And I guarantee you all of us in this room have been hurt or wounded by some form of a relationship in our lives. Maybe a friend. And then we'll say this, you know, I got hurt. I got wounded. We had a disagreement. And, and I don't, I, listen, Pastor Gary, and I, enough is enough. I've had all I can take. I am now going to isolate and do things on my own. I'm not having anything with anybody or anyone else. Okay? That is very, very dangerous. Because we were not created for that. If we, if we go down that path, we're going to end up like this guy right here. Let me show you here. This guy right here in Ecclesiastes that I found will end up like him. Therefore, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 8, it says, there, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. He, he was doing life all alone. There was no end to his toil. In other words, he was alone. He was struggling here. Um, now, now, let's keep going. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content. We were not content with his wealth. In other words, he tried everything in his life, but there was, there was no end to his toil. There was something missing in this guy's life. But he was trying to fill it with stuff. He was trying to fill it with things. And that's not going to work. Why? Because we were created to be together. Put this up here. We were created to be together in relationships from the very beginning of time. Now, let me show you what Jesus has to say about this. Because there is this uh, Pharisee that went running up to Jesus one time and asked him, Jesus, what is the most important commandment in the entire Bible? Now, watch what Jesus tells this Pharisee here. Let's go to here. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37, 39, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. This is the most important thing that we can do is our relationship with God, right? But now watch very closely here. A lot of people, that don't catch this. Then he doesn't stop. And he says, and... And the second is like it. In other words, it's almost just as important here, just as important, pretty close to it. Second is like it. 
You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Did you catch that? Relationship. So in other words, the entire Bible was built on loving God and loving one another. Nothing more, really, nothing less. Loving God and loving others, the entire Bible. And so when we try to, when we separate and we say, I'm going to do life alone, I got news for you, you can't do life alone because we weren't created to do life alone. We need one another. We, we have to have one another. You, you can't do life alone. So uh, choosing your relationships is one of the most important things that we can do as a body of Christ, choosing those relationships. And we have to kill the excuses, though, because a lot of people have excuses. Once you get wounded, then you're going to have excuses. And I catch this, and it's a very dangerous place to get to. You, you, we, we cannot isolate. Watch. And so let me give you a couple excuses that I've heard over the years. One, one excuse is, it's not my nature to have friends. Just who I am. I don't need friends. Not my nature. Yes, it is your nature. At the, no, we, you were created like all of us, everybody. It is your nature to have friends. It's just maybe you got wounded. And you, you don't want to have friends. Now, and then the next excuse is this one. I'm afraid people will see my faults. Ding, 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 ding. That's what friends are for. <laughs> yep. You want them to see your faults. As a matter of fact, that's the people in my life that I'm closest to have went through the same battles that I went through. And they're able to help me go through my battles and we're able to help each other go through the battles that we're experiencing. Yes, you want them to see your faults. Yes, you want them to see your weaknesses because it's going to help you grow as a better person to get out of those situations. All my life, I've always had someone help me. Okay, I, you think I'm doing this ministry alone? No. And then many, I know you all hear me talk about it, and I got, I'm going to get him over preaching again. Pastor Doug and I, we talk once a week. We call me yesterday. We constantly, he's constantly pouring into me, constantly keeping me on track. Con why? Because he is a man of God who's been there, done that, pastor of the church of 4,000. That guy knows. He understands it. He understands life, and he helps me get where I need to be. He helps me because he's been there and he's done it, and he helps me grow. And so, so is he going to see my faults and my problems? Absolutely. Man, I unload him on all the time. When I go through a difficult, I tell him immediately. Go to him, and it helps me, and I have to have him in my life. And, this, and the third one is, is I got hurt from my past friendships. Well, hello. If you've got friends, you're going to get hurt. You know why? Because the people that are closest to you, you're going to open up, and you're going to have difficulties. It's going to happen. But one thing I'm learning about close friends is when you fuss a little bit together, it makes you even better. You know, growing up with my brothers, and, or my, my brothers, I wish I had brothers, my sisters, <laughs> when I grew up my sister, when we fussed together, but what happens over the years, it brought us closer together. And so, so, so your friends, what you got burnt, well, well, hello, you're going to do that, but the enemy will tell you, you can't have any more friends because you get any more friends, then you're going to get hurt again. So don't ever have any more friends. You know why? Because the enemy knows that if we're together, we, we're really going to cause some serious damage in his kingdom. Amen. In the kingdom of darkness. And so, and the fourth one I, I, I think that a lot of people I've heard say is I'm just too busy to have friends. Just too busy. We have to take time because God has people created just for you. Did you know that? 
to be a blessing to you, to help you, to, to, to help you walk through difficulties, you know, difficult seasons of your life. And, and, and one thing that I have learned, and I just want to share with you, I believe some of us, if we use these excuses because the enemy knows this, I believe the enemy knows that, that some of us are just one or two friendships away from our lives being changed for the glory of God because that friend will come into our life and point us in the right direction to do the right thing. Amen? Amen? And so, so, so some of us may be just that one friend away. So don't isolate. You cannot isolate. Very, very dangerous. Or we'll end up like the dude in, in Ecclesiastes, all alone, isolated, no one. And, and it's, that doesn't work. And so um, let me show you a couple, uh, some scriptures here on what having a friend can do, what being a good friend can do, okay? And, 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 and B. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11, but the end of all things is at hand. In other words, the end of time is coming. Jesus come any moment. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Now, again, watch what he says here. And above all things, above anything else, the most important thing is what? Have fervent love for one another. Relationship. Take care of your relationships, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Do you know what? If you're sinning, having a good relationship with a good person will help you overcome the sin that you're with. If you're battling a sin, your friend can help you with that, can encourage you, can help walk you through this thing. And it also says, be hospitable to another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifest, manifest grace of God. We all need relationships, okay? Very important. I want you to get this as I'm laying the foundation here, okay? We must have relationships. Ask yourself the question, who are the four closest people in my life? And are they really going the direction I need to, I'm going? And are they going to point me to Jesus? Are they going to encourage me? Or are they going to tear me down? So if relationships is that important, we need to know some more things about relationships, okay? So let's talk about relationships really quickly. I got four things that I want to show you about developing and building a good relationship and, and, and to watch out for as you're building and understanding that a relationship is the most important thing that you can have. So let me, let me take you to the first one. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. If we're going to have and build great relationships, we have to nourish important relationships. Nourish them. Nourish, or in other words, nurture. The, so in other words, the most important relationships in my life, you know, is first of all, I'm a husband, Okay. I'm married. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. So therefore, I have to take all those things very seriously. I have to nourish my, my relationship with my wife. I have to nourish my relationship with, 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 with my son and, my, and our children, our grandchildren. We have to nourish those relationships, right? And with the church, we have to nourish our relationship together. We got to grow together. Talk, laugh, cut up, have a good time. You know, grow, but growing in the Lord together. And there's one thing that I'm learning about life is nothing will ever stay the way that you leave it. It's either going to deteriorate or it's going to get better. And you have to ask yourself the question, what kind of friend are you? Are you the friend that's going to deteriorate something? Are you a friend that's going to uh, make it grow and get better? 
And so I have to, I have to know that, that, that my relationship with my wife needs to be, I need to be poor and nourishing her and, and make it better. But what I'm realizing is sometimes I see young couples do this all the time, and we wonder why marriages are struggling. What happens is, is they look at it differently. They go into this marriage, and, 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 and what they'll do is, as a man, will look at the marriage as I finally got the ring on her finger, and she's the deer buck on the wall. She's a trophy on the mantle, right? Work really hard, get her, and boom, got the ring on her finger. Now, girls, hold on. You're coming too, okay? You're going to get it too. You live your entire life for the dress, for the big event, for the party, for the wedding day. Man, you spend more money in that silly wedding than you do your entire marriage the rest of your life. Because you want to have the biggest show and you want it to be grandiose, man. And then finally, you get married. He's got the buck on the wall. You got the dress in the closet. And you both wake up, look at each other the day after the wedding and go, where do we go from now? Because you both are finished. You accomplished your goal. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, you can't stop in that relationship. You have to nurture it. You have to nourish it or it is not going to grow. Healthy things will grow. Let me put it this way. Every great relationship happens on purpose, not by accident. And that goes for our relationship with one another. It's not going to just happen. It happens when it's on purpose. Well, I'm married now, and so I don't have to worry about it. Bless God. We're going to end up like the father did, or his son was in the boat with his dad fishing, and he's got married, and he tells his dad, he said, Dad, you know what? I'm married to the greatest woman I've ever married. I mean, I love this woman, greatest woman ever. I tell her how much I love her every day, Dad. Tell her she's the greatest thing ever. I love her, appreciate her, care for her. And she loves hearing me tell her that, but there's one problem, Dad. Man, I have never heard you tell Mom that you love her. Why don't you tell mom that you love her, dad? He looked at his son and said, son, I told your mother that I loved her on the day that I married her. If I decide I'm going to change my mind, I will let her know. (laughs) Every great relationship happens on purpose, not by accident. She's a buck on the wall, baby. Don't end up on a buck on a wall or don't end up a dress in the closet. Listen to me. You have to nurture and nourish relationships for them to grow. And again, now that we're back together as a body of Christ, it's time that we start nurturing one another again. It's time that we start doing things again. It's time that we start rubbing shoulders again. It's time that we get back. I don't believe the church is where it needs to be. It's going to be better than what it was. It's not going to be, okay, we need want it back the way it was. No, we don't want it. We want it better. I believe that right now God is, is preparing the church for something great, better and greater in Jesus' name. Man. And it's going to happen intentionally. It's going to happen on purpose. Let's don't put each other bucks on the walls and dresses in the closet. Now, that's going to be the saying for a couple of weeks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's the best I come up with. But y'all get what I'm saying. It's not over, man. We didn't just come through it. Now, oh, we, we made it. Okay, we made it. Now it's all over. No, it's not. It's going to get good. God's got some great days ahead for it. It's going to be awesome. Hey, we still got buildings to buy and buildings to build and, and, and all kinds of fun stuff. Amen. It's exciting what God's going to do. 
And so number one, you have to, we have to you know, nourish important relationships. Now, the same goes for our body. If we don't take care of our bodies, eat the right stuff, do the right exercise and whatever, we're, we're, it's not going to grow the way it should be and the way it should. So, so let me give you this last little point. And I put it up here. I, I come up with this. Hopefully it makes sense to you. Because we can't wait until stuff happens. Fix your relationships before they need fixing. We have a marriage class out here on the rocks right now, right out here, marriage on the rock, that Denny and Betty are teaching right now. Those are couples that's fixing their marriage before it needs fixing. Don't wait until it needs fixing. Get that before. That's the reason why whenever I, I counsel couples before they get married. Because if I could talk them out of getting married before they get married, they have no business getting married. Because that's my job to talk them out of it. I'm just going to tell you up front. I married you and Corey, right? I, I married so many people. I tried to talk you out of it, didn't I? It didn't work, did it? Two children later, one I like a horse maniac riding machine, and the other one's coming on the rear, and it's awesome. And they love each other. I see you kissing and putting on I love that. You know what? You know why? What they do. They're fixing a relationship before it needs fixing. They, they work at it. And, you know, they're not perfect, but none of us are. But fix your relationship before it needs to be fixed. So how do we do it? We nurture, nurture important relationships. It means a lot to us. Your, your family, your, your, your spouse, and our church family, okay? Now, here's the second thing, if we're going to continue to move forward, again, is we have to resolve broken relationships. Broken relationships. There's some of us, maybe some stuff got ugly, and it got tense. There's some of you right now probably sitting here that, 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 that you've not resolved some relationships. And they're still severed. And you're sitting here hurt. You're sitting here wounded. And it seems to not be going away. And let me give you this truth here. And I think it's a help you. You know, the pain of an unresolved conflict is greater than the pain of resolving it. Don't you think it's time to just resolve it? You know, here's the thing I've learned. If you're going to have to swallow a frog, you just don't want to have to look at it too long. Because it's going to get uglier and uglier and uglier, isn't it? I mean, you think about that. Oh, that's the best I come with. I'm, I'm trying to figure something out. But think about that. You've got to swallow that frog. And then you sit and look at it. And then you start dice. You're trying to go, okay, maybe if I go in the head first or the feet first. And, and then you start looking at it. It's uglier. And then you don't, and you want, I'm going to do it. You're going to, I might I'm just stick it in and do it. That's gross. I, I got to come up with a bone better than that. But you understand what I'm saying? Listen to me. If, you're, if you have an unresolved problem, get it fixed now. Get it out of the way and the pain has stopped. Well, Pastor Gary, I tried and it's not working. They're not, they're not agreeable. They're not going to work with me on this. Well, let me give you some help on that. It is not your responsibility to fix the other person. It's only your responsibility to fix you. You see, when you've done everything that you can do, you do all that you know to do, then what you got to do is then when you finally, you've done everything that you could do, that's when you got to trust God to do what you can't do. You turn it over to him. See, you be willing to resolve it. You do your part and then God will do his part. Let me give you Romans here. Read it this way. 12 verses 17 through 18. Repay no one evil for evil. Just because someone does something wrong to you doesn't give you the right to go back at them. No, you're above that. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. 
Good people and bad people, doesn't matter. You're going to love them all the same. Now, watch what he says here, and this is so important. If it is possible, he says, I know it's going to be hard because someone's hurt you, but if it is possible because relationships is what the entire Bible is built on, loving God and loving one another, and if it is possible, he says, as much as it depends on who? You, not the other person, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Well, Pastor Gary, it's not easy. I know it's not easy. I've been there. It's hard. But I just have to do this. I just have to keep loving. I just have to forget. Let me tell you something. And you've heard me say this, and we've, I don't know who come up with it, but forgiveness is to really set the prisoner free and realize that the prisoner was really me. Well, you're setting free yourself. Forget about the other. I mean, you love them. You do everything you can, but you can't fix them. I can't fix my wife. I can't fix my family's problems. They have to work that out. But it is my responsibility to be the man and the shepherd of God that he's put in that home, me to be the shepherd and the pastor of this church that he's called me to be. I can't fix all of you but I have to fix me, keep me in line. And when I stay healthy, I can teach and I can preach healthy. And hopefully you grab it and then you have to fix you. We can only go so far. I was telling someone this the other day, you know, marriages, I counsel marriages and I still, and I, it, well, I was talking to someone a while ago, still yet, I've never been able to find the guilty party. <laughs> Seriously, I have never, I don't know, it's crazy. I counsel them and there's no, they don't have a problem. I go, why are we even here? Because neither one of them has a problem. Both of them has become geniuses. They, get, they know everything. And they're right. They're right. They're right. I am so right. And he is wrong. No, I'm right and she's wrong. I know it. I'm right. I'm right. And I have to discover and I have to teach them the word of uh, deception. You know what the word deceived is? When you're deceived, you don't know it. Anyway, I'm just going on with that. So resolving conflict is not an event. It's a choice. It is a choice. Uh, it reminds me, look, we, we, got, we do, we have a choice. We have a choice. We can be mad all of our life or we can do something about it. I remember that there was this um, a story I heard uh, about this lady and her husband was celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, okay? And um, and, and, and this young couple went up to him and said, said to, the, to the lady, he said, what did you do to have such an incredible marriage? You guys lasted all these years. What do you do that's so awesome? And she said, well, you know, when I got married, you know, I had decided I was going to make a top 10 list, a top 10 list of all of his faults. And every time that he would do something on that top 10 list, I would just say, okay, it's on the list and I choose to forgive you. It's on the list. I'm going to forgive you. And then the young couple said, well, you still got that list? She said, oh, no, you believe it or not, I never got around to writing that silly list. She said, oh, you didn't? So what do you do now when, when, you, when you don't like something that he does, when, when, you, when you have a problem with one of his problems that he's doing? And she says, well, I just look at him and say, you need to thank God that's on the list. <laughs> I thought, how genius is that? We need to do the same thing. Someone hurts you, we just need to look and thank God that's on the list. We get to choose to forgive. We get to choose. Okay, nourish important relationships. The second one, resolve broken relationships. I don't know who you are, but say, thank God 
that's on the list. And I'm going to choose to let it go. I'm going to choose to forgive and just leave it there. And if they don't receive it, it's okay. You did your part. God can forgive you. God can set you free. But who knows? They could be set free as well. So resolve broken relationships. And here's the third one. And I have four, by the way. The third one is get away from harmful relationships. And you all know what I'm talking about. There are some people, rather, you know, we got harmful relationships with people addicted to drugs and stuff like that. And we kind of stay focused on that, you know. And I get that. And let me tell you something. If you keep hanging around people like that, again, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Sometimes you're going to have to cut it. And by the way, and I think I've told you this and I've taught you this, is, is you got to learn to love from a distance sometimes. Amen. It's okay to do that. If someone keeps hurting you, if someone keeps, keeps coming, it's okay to love at a distance. Because, man, I'm going to tell you something. There's some one thing I totally know, and I, I've learned this. You don't have to be a bad person to have your life unravel. All you have to do is get up close to other people's lives that's unraveling, and they're going to unravel yours real quick. And some of you got to ask yourself this question, how long am I going to hold on? How long am I going to let this thing keep dragging me through the mud? You know, you know, we see addicts and people who's addicted to drugs, and they can't get set free from it. Why? Because they keep going hanging out with those people that's still addicted. Okay, let's take it a step further. How about this? Maybe you're going getting a haircut. I don't know why I always pick on the hair. I'm, I'm sorry. How about let's, well, we're, gonna, we're going to the, uh, going to the barber shop, guys. Okay, we're going to leave the ladies alone. We're going to the barber shop. We're going to go get our hair cut. And there's a buddy of yours in there that, that keeps flirting with other women, and he's married. And it thinks now, because you're married, it's going to give you a license to do it because he keeps doing it. I do it all the time. Don't hurt anything. No, you need to cut that relationship off, okay? Just because he does it doesn't mean that, that, that you can do it. It doesn't give you that permission. Or, and I see this all the time, um, in marriages, when I first started a church, I seen a lot of couples just living together and not married. I'm like, man, I, I, I got a lot of people to marry here. It's like I'm trying to loving them along. And people say, well, Pastor Gary, what difference does it matter? We're going to get married one day anyway. Well, here's the difference. Rather or not, if you're going to have the blessings of God on your relationship or not, if you don't do it God's way, it, you won't it won't be blessed. And by the way, who in the world would want to do that? Because anything you give away without a price, it cheapens it. Why would you want to do that? I want the ring, baby. We're not going anywhere. It goes for me. My wife, too, you know. Hey, we, we, it doesn't matter. It works both ways. I was a man of God, and she was a woman of God, and, man, we, we stay pure. <laughs> and, but uh, we won't go there. Let's move on. <laughs> so, and we see scriptures like this all through the Bible. Let me give you some scriptures on this. Proverbs 27, verses 19. A mirror reflects a man's face. But what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. Again, it's a choice. You get to pick and choose your friends. That's why we have to choose our relationships wisely. And the next one here is, is Proverbs 13, verses 20. says it this way. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Will be destroyed. You know, when I moved back to Scottsburg, I, got, I had a lot of many uh, great friends, but I remember a lot of my friends were going down the wrong path, were hanging out with the wrong people. And when I moved back to Scottsburg, what I saw 
is a lot of my friends that I was friends with in high school, but I chose to had to sever the relationship. I had to, I had to stop it because it was damaging. It would have taken me down the wrong path. I've come back. Every one of those friends that were doing that stuff, many of them were in and out of jail. And, and, and a lot of them right now are still addicted to drugs. Can't get off of it. Why? Because they never severed that relationship. They stayed connected to it. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I'm telling you, if you you're not going to convince me that you can hang out with people like that. If you're hang, men, if you're hanging out with other men that's been unfaithful to their wives and think it's okay, what, ladies, I would flat, I would tie him to the house is what I would do and dare him to even go close to that guy. Because spirits reproduce spirits, man. Now, they don't want it to jump on him. But anyway, trust me, my wife would do that. My wife would chain me up and beat me, hurt me. I'd have to call you all and say, tell her to stop. <laughs> she don't care, man. Son, she, she, she told me the other day. She said, you better get that software back up there running. I don't get my reports. I want to know where you've been. So she gets a report everywhere I go on, on, on the internet. Some of you men, you ain't got the guts to tell your wife where you're at. You don't need to be married. That's not a marriage. That's not one when you get married. It's one. You got something you want to hide. You don't want to be one and you're, you're, hello, I got Life 360. I don't care where I'm at. I love it that she knows where I'm at. You know, if I get in a car wreck or she's in a car wreck, I know immediately where she's at. I can get to her. Well, I'm not telling my wife where I'm. She's none of her business. Why'd you get married? Think about that for a minute. You're one. You belong to one another. Come on. Come on. Something's causing you. You're hanging out with the wrong guys. Somebody's telling you, don't give it up, son. Once you give that stuff up, then they'll own you. Well, hello, Jesus owns you. Anyway, let's keep going. Here's some more scriptures on it. Last one, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Love that. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Wow. So bottom line is this, be mature enough to identify individuals in your life that you know are dangerous and learn to cut the ties. Okay? It's okay to do that because here's what you got to understand. God has created people specifically just for you, as I told you a moment ago. He did to encourage you, to bless you, to help you grow. And so sometimes you got to disconnect from the discouragers so God can begin to bring the encouragers into your life. But he'll never be able to bring the encouragers as long as you keep the discouragers in your life. Let them go. Be mature enough to say it's time to go. Listen, I'm going to love you, but I'm going to love you at a distance. I can't keep hanging out with you. I can't keep going down the same path with you until you change. I'm not going that way with you anymore because my marriage is worth more than this. I'm a father now. I, I, I'm, I'm a husband. I've got response. I'm not going down that path. And number one is I love God with all of my heart, and I've got to get this thing right. It, be man, be woman enough to make the right decision to get it away. Get away. So nourish important relationships, resolve broken relationships, and the thirdly is to get away from harmful relationships. Identify them and get rid of them. And here's the last and final one. Pastor David, I'm wrapping it up. Come on, brother. And this is an important one. And right now, as a church, this is where we're at. It's time that we initiate good relationships. Time 
And, and we're in a good place. This church is in a great place to now initiate good relationships. I think it's time that we start need to start putting more things on the calendar, have some more stuff happening here so we can get to know one another, we can rub shoulders together, we can laugh together, we can cry together, we can get to know one another better. You know, that couple, right here, we're going to go, we've got to get to know one another. I love you guys. I just dunked you in that water, man, last Sunday, man. We, we're going to get to know one another. I don't know how we're going to do it. We'll, get, we'll make it happen. We'll have more dinners. I don't want to wait till someone dies to have a dinner, for heaven's sakes. Can't we just have a dinner without it? Just, just, ooh, do something. It's exciting times. Let's initiate good relationships. And you may not have them now, but here's the deal. We still need them. Let's disconnect from the discouraged so we can begin to reconnect to the encouragers. And, and listen to what he says here, because our relationships is all about coming into the house of God. That's why as Christians, we, man, we got angry when they said you can't come to God's house. It wasn't about the sickness. It was about, no, because God created me to have fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Look, I'll do the best I can. When you're sick, just stay home. But I'm not staying home for a whole year. Uh-uh, we're going to come together. Look, we're okay. We made it, amen, we made it. But don't forget, don't, not forsaking the assemblings of yourself together as the manner of some. This is God speaking, this is his word. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, Jesus is coming back. We ain't got time. We gotta stay together. We're gonna grow together. We're going to walk through life together. There needs to be more Brittany's and Melissa's that's going to get ladies together. They're going to grow together. We're going to grow together. Come on. Let's get together. Let's make it happen. And you do it with, with life groups. Get together these groups. Start a group. They did. They, they're branching off from their group. They got young adults. Or I don't know what you guys call it. You got a life group over there. I love that group, man. I'm seeing, and they're growing. Am I lying? Melissa, it's like you guys are growing. You just said it out of your own mind. You're growing. Why? Because you're together. You're this. You're doing what God has called you to do. You've come together, and you're growing, okay? Somehow, some way, find relationships and start growing. I love that. Man, I got so jealous. I seen you guys, you know, Dave and Tina, and, and there was Rick and, and Shelly. They was all playing cards at your house. Did y'all see that? Y'all get jealous? I got a little jealous. Not, not in a bad way. I just wanted to be. I said, if I'd known, I went, I'd crash their little party. Right? Don't you feel that way? It's like, oh, I want to do that. Well, you can. Let's just do it. Let's have our own little car party. Don't invite them. How about that, Brendan? We'll have fun. It's come together. As, watch. And here's what God is saying in this scripture. He's saying the most important relationship that we can have is number one with God, number two, our spouse and our families, and number three, our church and life groups. Most important relationships. Come on. Let's get on the ball, man. Let's make this thing happen. Come on. It's time that we start this motor and let's get this thing going in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you hurting? Come on. Reach out to somebody in the church and let them help you. Are you happy? Go up and give your laughter to somebody that's hurting. The most happiest you'll ever be is when it's about other people. The most miserable you're ever going to be is when it's about yourself. You know, you can make more friends in just two days by being interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. How about that? Wow. Wow. 
Wow. And here's another thing I've learned about life. If you go out looking for friends, you're probably not going to find very many at all. But if you go out to be a friend, son, you're going to find them coming out of the closet. Because people like people who like them. I'm hoping you're receiving this this morning, man. I, 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 it's, let's get back. Listen to me. The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy, divide, tear apart. It is time the body of Christ identify the ugly spirit that rose its ugly head during the past two years. And it's time that the body of Christ comes back together, together, together in Jesus' name. And we're going to be stronger than ever before in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's going to be fun. Fun. We know, you know why? Because we finally know who it is. We know the problem. Look, this, the little C's going to be around, so just get over it. Be protected. We all be good. I'm not downgrading that, but what I am talking about is let's get rid of that nasty spirit that came with it in Jesus' name. Identify it. And that's what is ugly head, and we're, we're, we're done in Jesus' name. No more. No more. We're going to move this thing, man. It's going. It's going. I love you all. I love you. Let's grow. Let's grow. And you may be hurt this morning and got wounded. If you got relationships, you're going to. There's some things in your past that have hurt you. Don't let that stop you from your relationship with God. The enemy is going to use anything he can. Teresa Hill even used Cecil's passing. Carrie, you, you know what I'm talking about. There's things in the enemy right there. No. No. We can't control life. You know what I'm saying? No, we got to get on with it. We got to get up and, and, and get ourselves surrounded with people who's going to love us through situations. And you, and you got to be the one who maybe have to help those get through those situations. That's what the body of Christ does. So pick what side we're on and come on. Come on, let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word this morning. I want to thank you, God, for what you're doing. And I... I pray that, God, that before we leave, that, God, that we'll take inventory of ourselves, of where we're at. And, God, if we've been hurt or wounded, God, let us take time to restore that relationship, God. And, God, let us, let us be the one to initiate restoring that relationship, God. And, God, rather if it works or doesn't, God, let us be confident and comfortable with where we end up, God, because at least we did our part. And God, let us be people that's going to initiate, initiate good relationships this year, God. There's some people in this church, Father, that, that there are some people within the sound of my voice that knows that there are people in this church that they know that they need to get together with them, and they've not done it. And God, I pray this week that they'll make the phone call, initiate it, God, just to get together, Father. And God, I pray that we'll take time to nourish and nurture those good relationships that we already have in our life, God. God, let us be aware that our spouses are not just trophies on walls or wedding dresses in closets, but God, let us nourish them, God. Let us sow into that relationship, God. Let that relationship begin to grow because it's not going to grow by itself. It has to be intentional. And I pray, Father, that we will take time to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me?